Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Ryan McBeth. The your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We're going to have a great show for you today. How's everybody doing? How is everybody doing? I trust everybody is a okay, a okay. Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard. Biden boosted by Senate rules as GOP bucks infrastructure. Democrats are going to use budget reconciliation to pass infrastructure pending with a simple majority. No filibuster will block this necessary spending. Infrastructure spending will help us. Many people who are making our nation better. This is going to be wildly popular after we start building up our nation. Those who oppose this legislation will be remembered and their careers will be short-lived. Fixing our nation is in our hands. Absolutely so. Second from Michael Rudnan is, Mitch McConnell told CEOs, stay out of politics over the Georgia vote and law, despite being one of the biggest recipients of corporate cash in Congress. Telling corporations to stay out of politics is a moot point. They are not only already involved, they own your ass. But the bigger problem is that our corporations are own all of the Republicans Party as well as a large portion, the what we call the base of the not the base of the Democratic Party, but the I don't want to say the rank and file either. Let's just call it the basic uh, the head of the Democratic Party. Okay, welcome aboard, Bridge MCP. Bridge, I got those pictures and I have them in the scroll. So when we get to the right spot, we'll scroll those pictures. Deborah John, hello, how are you doing? Nanette Bird Smith, hi everyone. Julie Van Astel, hey all. Eric Hayes, hi Egberto, did you read what that this is your take on 60 Minutes reporting on this and not telling the truth? No sé de qué estás hablando, but uh, 60 Minutes generally is fairly accurate, but we'll talk about that later. Norman Reynolds, estoy aquí también, which says I'm here as well. Eric Hayes gave the CNN report. Lee Grant, hi, y'all. British MCP, Julie Van Astel, hey. Uh, let's see who else is here. Janice Anderson, welcome aboard. Michael Rodney said, Egberto, Eric Hayes is, is a dog with a bone, won't let go of issues until they're discussed. And he's cool, it's all right. I love Eric. Uh, Lee Grant, it was a hit job on DeSantis, but it has all Egberto needs in it. You know what I'm going to do for them? Uh, here's what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to do the right thing. Before we get started, I got a lot to talk about, and we're going to see those videos today. 60 Minutes faces backlash from Democrats and publics for critical story on vaccine. It says 60 Minutes is facing, I'm, I'm, let me put it on the screen for everybody so you can see, I am honest. 
60 Minutes is facing backlash over the story aired Sunday on Republican Governor Ron DeSantis, including from the supermarket chain Publix and two prominent Democrats in the state. You know why? You hear what it says? Two prominent Democrats in the state. I wonder why. As part of a larger story about Florida's vaccine rollout, the renowned news magazine program spotlighted a recent $100,000 donation that Publix made to DeSantis' re-election bid. The story by correspondent Sharon Alphonse suggested there was a possible link between the donation and the state's partnership with public stores for vaccine distribution, a serious issue and full play if true. But beyond spotlighting the public uh, finance record, 60 Minutes never offered any substantive evidence to support the significant assertion and link the donation with the partnership. After the report aired, the Democratic Director of Florida Division of Emergency Management and Democratic County Mayor of Palm Beach County both publicly re res responded saying the partnership with Publix was not suggested by anyone from DeSantis' office. In Sunday's right tweet, directed 60 Minutes Florida Division of Emergency Medicine Director Justice said this before and I'll say it again. Publix was recommended by Florida Division of Emergency Management and Florida Department of Public. I end it there. In this world of make-believe, that, that 100000 had no reason to be for using a public, a, a market that is in nowhere area where people need the vaccine makes no sense. So let's back up a second. I believe that the emergency management uh, did it. They're the ones who went ahead and get it. But I don't care. The fact that they chose Publix shows bad faith because it was not going to hit the communities it needed to hit. It's not a hit job. Publix gives the guy $100,000. The emergency management team, which is controlled by the executive of Florida, that two Democrats in Florida come out and say, oh, well, you know, it didn't really come from DeSantis. Who the hell cares? $100,000, Publix get the job. It, it, it was the responsibility of the executive of that state to then say, well, you know, Publix are not in these areas, therefore it should not get the contract. Wake up and understand how politics work, my brothers and my sister. DeSantis, I remain. I remain with my status. He is a crook. Period. And follow the money. And of course, if you're a professional in this business, you don't allow, you're not going to have the money prints on you. And by the way, that two Democrats come out and, and support it. How many Democrats in Florida are paid off? And how many Democrats in America around here are paid off? Why do you think we have Obamacare the way it was? Obamacare didn't go full Medicare for all because Democrats were paid off. The, uh, we are not going to get the infrastructure bill as we need to get it because Democrats are paid off as well. Wake up, people. It's not about Democrat and Republican when it comes to these issues. It's about all of us working together to get what we need and stop defending these guys. Stop defending the politicians, Democrats or Republican alike. And start de defending policy. And if a Democrat is pushing policy that we want, I'm going to defend the hell out of that Democrat. If a Republican is pushing the policy like, like Mitt Romney was pushing the, the stimulus package earlier on, I defended Mitt Romney. We have to wake up and stop allowing them to put us at each other's throats, Eric Hayes, my brother. We are on the same team. Don't forget it. And they are not. Please remember that that is how we win. 
please. When I say we win, I'm not talking about a win and take all. I'm talking about that is how the middle class gets and moves forward. People, that's why we have politics done right and other programs of this type. So that we are not enthralled to these guys. They're not your friend. Whether Democrat or Republican, policy, good policy is your friend. That is who is your friend, hermanos y hermanas. Por favor, escúchame, por favor. Please listen to me. All right. I'm going to go down the scroll real quick, and then I'm going to get busy. Let's see. Bridge MCP says, Lee Grant. Hey, hi, Janice Anderson. Hi, everyone. Uh, yeah, Eric won't let go the bone. So now, Eric, I discussed your issue. I hope you're happy. My family and I, family, at least have vaccinated. Great. I'm so happy for you, Julie. Eric Hay says he's hungry. <laughs> Hey, Eric, don't forget you owe me a, a coffee. Uh, Biden, ambitious American jobs plan faces an uphill battle in the Senate. It's true. And there, I'm going to talk about a little bit about that as well with something that Kelton had to say. Uh, uh, Stephanie Kelton, the MMT, had to say. Report on why Cuomo or Gavin isn't reported on like this. Hmm. Actually, they are. Actually, I think they took, they took it too hard. Michael Rennick, Bertop, that CNN piece indicates the appearance of corruption uh, but doesn't necessarily prove the connection. I agree. Here we go, y'all. Egberto, this part of the problem with big money corruption politics. Eh? Actually, CVS and Walgreens were already on something. All right. Uh, let's see. 60 minutes wrong. No, 60 minutes right. Uh, corporate, let's see. Join the, let's see. ATL checking in. Welcome aboard. Michael Rodnin, uh, Eric Hayes. Let's see who else is here. I am not, I am consistent, Eric. I, I hate all sides, Eric. Please don't, don't do that. You know better than that. Okay. And he's thirsty too. All right, let's go with the first video. Uh, first, what is the show about today? MMT Stephanie Kelton. MMT Stephanie Kelton on infrastructure. Jen Saki, Katie Porter, Jake Tapper. We're going to go through those videos real quickly. And then we'll go ahead and start talking. So let's go ahead. First one, reporter Jen Saki. I love her. Check it out. President voiced his support uh, for moving. Does he have any regret now that by doing that, by adding his voice, it may have contributed to the environment where MLB makes this decision? And then there are these economic consequences to people in Georgia. When he and the vice president were there and couldn't do the car rally, and I mm -hmm. talked about wanting to thank Georgia. Georgia's been important to the president and vice president electorally. Um, is there a sense of regret that perhaps he tipped the scale uh, with his rhetoric uh, even if he doesn't have a direct uh, cause and effect. Well, he was answering a direct question during an interview with ESPN about the opening day baseball, something everybody, mo not everybody, most people in the country appreciate and enjoy. And he was simply conveying that he would support that decision if that decision was made by Major League Baseball, just like he would support decisions made by private sector companies. We're not standing here and calling for companies to boycott. Um, that's not what our focus is on from the White House. We do believe that um, the focus on Georgia and is a reminder that, and should be a reminder, I should say, that um, this is much bigger than Georgia, that Georgia was just one of the first states to act on a concerted effort to use easily disprovable conspiracy theories to fuel their attempts to make it even harder for eligible Americans to vote. But according to the Brennan Center, uh, as of March 24, 361 bills with restrictive provisions have been introduced in 47 states around the country. So this is not just Georgia. This is something we are seeing a prevalence of this, a pattern around the country of, uh, you know, an effort to make it more difficult to vote. Now, let's get this. Uh, 
it, it, Nora O'Donnell should know better. She, she needs to stop attempting to be Fox News. Okay? There is no uh, hell. Do you tell a president, let's say President Biden, that it is your fault for encouraging MLB to remove the all-star game from Atlanta? Do you think you should have stayed quiet and stayed out of it? No, I can't stay out of it. I am the president of the United States, and there are states attempting to, to, sub, to, to, to uh, quen quench the vote of many of my supporters and many of your supporters. They are trying to restrict the vote. They are trying to suppress the vote. I am the president of the United States, a, a democracy that I need to save. Of course I'm going to talk about it. Why then blame that because boycotts are happening in Georgia, that somehow that would be the president's fault? Again, why not just say that is the fault of the governor of Atlanta and the legislature who passed laws after one of the best elections ever held without any fraud? Why didn't they, she just say that? Why is she giving legs as Fox News does? And, and for those people who on, continue to want to say, well, he moved to Colorado and Colorado has restricted laws. I wrote a blog this morning off of, off of, um, uh, off of what, what is it called? Uh, there, off of one of the things that I read. And the blog specifically states, and let me get to the blog because I want to make sure and let you guys See what the blog has to say. It says, Colorado versus Georgia voting laws. What are the differences? And my title for the blog piece was, Do not buy the hype. Colorado is no voter suppression state like Georgia. The main, the most important thing you got to take away from Georgia is Georgia gave a partisan legislature the ability to go into any county and tell them, we are going to overturn the election because you didn't run it right as we see it. They can now legally do that. At first they couldn't. Now they can legally do that. Now, likewise, in Colorado, every single person gets a vote in the mail. In Georgia, you have to ask and you have to have an excuse why you're asking to have a ballot sent to you. And you only have a limited amount of time to ask for that ballot. For ID, there are six ways to ID yourself. Of course, a gun license is one. In Colorado, there's over 16 ways that you can identify yourself. So there are no comparison between voter restrictions in Georgia and Colorado. Colorado, you have all the freedom that more, more people vote, the people are engaged. Let's not allow the lie to fester. Before I move on to the other thing, there's something that came up in my feed that I thought was funny. As you know, the crook Donald Trump, who has continuously milked his supporters, who has continuously stole from his supporters, even before he ran for president, decided to do it again. As you know, they had all these boxes checked when people gave donations, and they changed the wording from saying, if the boxes check, you're donating monthly, to change the box to say you're donating weekly. And people don't even notice that. I'm giving to my guy. I'm giving to my hero. So I just go ahead and say, yes, I'm sending to Donald Trump. And it turned out there's this particular guy that gave him $500. He wanted it to be a $500 donation. It turned out they wiped him out $500 a week because he didn't realize the thing was checked. 
Well, now that this has been reported on, people are knowing about it, so they're starting to uncheck these boxes. They still love Brother Trump, but they want to uncheck the boxes. Look at what happens when they uncheck the box. I want you guys to see the evil within. It says, the language appears to be an effort by the National Republican Congressional Committee to increase its volume of recurring donations. Here's what they tell their people. And look at it on the screen, folks. It's on the screen. Maybe I should blow it up some so that you guys... Oops, not there. I need to blow it up here. I'm going to blow it up here. Look at what that says. We need to know, uh, we, need to know we haven't lost you to the radical left. If you uncheck this box, we will have to tell Trump you're a defector and sided with the Dems. Check this box and we can win back the House and get Trump to run in 2024. Make this a monthly recurrent donation. Think about this. Republicans are telling the people who donate to them, you better do this on a monthly basis or else we are going to tell Trump you're a defector. And since everybody knows Trump is a con man, and you know they may act, they they know he's a con man now, they may think, I wonder if he is also uh, a, a mafia man that's going to send somebody to shoot me if I don't give every month. But I mean, this is real, folks. How do you have a president's party, former president's party, that sends a message like this? If you uncheck the recurring donation. We are going to tell Trump you are a defector. Can you believe that? This is big news. Everybody needs to see this. I cannot believe this. When I saw this, I had to do a double take to check to see if we were looking at something in the onion. This is not in the onion. Donald Trump is, I mean, the Republican Party is saying... If you don't give us monthly money, we're going to tell Donald Trump that you are a defector. I just wanted to pass that one by. Let me go ahead and give you the second video now. It's about, uh, well, check it out. You'll see what it's all about. I simply love Congresswoman Katie Porter. I think her one of our progressive heroes. She went on with uh, Stephanie Rule today. And in as much as at the start she had this quaint, nicely done sneeze, she went ahead and made her case like no other. Let's go ahead and listen to it, and then let's go ahead and take it on the other side. Congresswoman, if you and I had a dollar every time we talked about the gender pay gap, we could put all of our children through private colleges in a blink. How can we realistically address this and create a new normal? Not an idealistic one, realistically. What can we do? I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in DC, and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together, we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in DC. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or tick it. 
best when I hear something amazing. Oh, and feel free to tell your friends too. So Kohl's, they're having a huge sale on summer stuff. And if you live for sunny days like I do, you need to check it out. I got 40% off a new patio set, Food Network grilling essentials for 20% off, and 50% off those yard games my kids won't stop talking about. Best part? I got an extra $10 off and some Kohl's cash. It almost makes being cooped up all winter worth it. Almost. Select styles. 10 off 25 offer valid May 27th through 31st. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. We need to be making our voices heard and asking the president to do what he... Excuse me. That's my first sneeze on air. I apologize. Um, we need to be asking the president to do what he promised, which is to make child care and investing in women a priority. That's what he promised, and now he needs to deliver. What we've seen in part one of this infrastructure package, which they're calling the jobs package, a title that I don't like, is a focus on, frankly, jobs that are predominantly male, and the good-paying jobs in that package are predominantly male. Construction, engineering, um, transit, all of those jobs. What happened to the investment in childcare? What happened to the investment in paid family leave? What happened to those things? They're coming in part two, which they're calling the families plan. But to be clear, if women don't have childcare, parents don't have childcare, they can't go to work. Just as much as a worker who can't go to work if they don't have a road. So I think part of it is to really understand that this is a little different than the repair the roads. This is something we have never done well in the United States. This is the major difference. When you look at our economy and the economy of other countries around the world, this is the single major place the United States has never delivered for the American people. And that's how we need to talk about it. Child care is not something we do for parents. It's not something we do for women. It is not something we do for children. Stephanie, it's something we do for our economy just as much as investing in broadband or investing in bridges or investing in engineering or manufacturing. That's what childcare is. So for he, the goal here isn't to return to quote normal. The goal here is to make the investment that is 50 or 60 years overdue in our economy, which means making sure that everyone, regardless of whether they're a parent, regardless of whether they're a man or woman, can go to work, work hard, thrive and succeed. That's an economic issue. There's absolutely an opportunity here with this infrastructure package. And we have a president in Joe Biden who ran on the concept of child care as infrastructure, the care economy as a thing. It's a great opportunity, but now he needs to make it happen. And by putting it in the second plan, I'm afraid there's a suggestion that the things in the first plan are, quote, about jobs, and the things in the second plan are, quote, about families. That's the White House's own terminology. I would have liked to see child care be in this first plan, but I'm eager to see it come out. And when it comes out, we have to make sure that it does occupy a second-class policy position. This is a top priority, just like infrastructure, just like roads. Childcare is infrastructure, period, full stop. We've got to make the investment. Women are participating in the workforce at the lowest level since 1988, since I was in eighth grade. That is going to hold back our economic recovery. So if you care about our economy, if you're a CEO, if you're you know, a, a parent, a grandparent, someone who's never had kids and never wants them, and I wouldn't blame you at this point in the pandemic, you still need to be speaking up and supporting childcare investment.
you know, she is so right. Now, I want to add something to that because it's something that I'm also putting in in my new book, How to Make America Utopia. Why is it that we think economy, business, and all these issues first? In other words, our capitalist structure, we think economy, business first. We don't think humanity first and how do we create a business structure around it that creates a livable humanity. We have to reprioritize what is really good for us or what makes us happy. One of the reasons the Scandinavian countries are much more happy than we are is because they have done a better job, not a perfect job, but a better job of making sure that the things everyday citizens have to do is made that much better because they have a government who cares first about we the people and not a government who cares first about what do we need to do to ensure that businesses do well. If people do well, business will do good enough. And that's all we need business to do. Good enough. Forget about Milton Friedman as far as what the reality is with corporations. The sole purpose is to enrich the shareholder. People, let's think a little bit about humanity. Absolutely so. Let me go ahead and throw out the second to last video before I go ahead and do my ass. So here we go. I was very disappointed in the, the way uh, Jake Tapper handled uh, Governor Tate uh, Reeves of Mississippi. I mean, this guy made, if you take a listen to what he had to say about infrastructure, he made a mockery out of truth and he made a mockery out of making sense. And Jake Tapper just let it go. Let me give you a chance to listen to this and then we'll take it on the other side. Let's turn to President Biden's new infrastructure bill. The American Society of Civil Engineers gives your state a D minus for your roads and bridges. Almost one in 10 bridges in Mississippi are structurally deficient. The number of roads in poor condition is double the national average. A winter storm just knocked out water in your state capital for weeks. This legislation would commit more than $100 billion to fix roads and bridges. Could Mississippi use the help? Well, there's no doubt that Mississippi could use our fair share of $100 billion. The the problem with this particular plan, though, is although the Biden administration is calling it an infrastructure plan, it looks more like a $2 trillion tax hike plan to me. That's going to lead to significant challenges in our economy. It's going to lead to a slowing GDP, and it's going to, lose to, uh, it's going to lead to Americans losing significant numbers of jobs. Infrastructure, Jake, is an area where Republicans and Democrats ought to be able to come together and do something good for the country. But as you mentioned, this plan spends $110 billion on roads and bridges and spends more than that on the combination of Amtrak and public transit. And what's even worse, it spends $100 billion on clean water, which Mississippi could certainly use, but it spends more than that on subsidizing electric vehicles. $155 billion to subsidize electric vehicles. That is a political statement. It's not an, an, a statement on trying to improve our infrastructure in America. At that point, Jake simply went on and asked, how do you pay for it? Now, he made some very distinct statements that made absolutely no sense. First of all, his state, his state is in dire straits. Jackson, Mississippi. 
These folks stayed without water after the freeze for over a month. Their, si their water system is dilapidated, old, outdated. It needs new coverage. And then he says, he spends $100 billion on clean water. So what is it that you want your folks to drink? Polluted water? Uh, and then continuing on that, he goes ahead and he says, he spent a lot of money on electronic vehicles. Isn't e uh, charging stations for electronic vehicles, isn't that considered infrastructure? He goes and he said, oh, and this is going to cost jobs in the long run. That is the biggest lie that needs to be mitigated right away. As soon as you start building and creating, these are millions of jobs, retrofitting pipes, lead pipes, uh, going ahead and building new roads and bridges and upgrading airports, installing all these electrical vehicle charging stations. There are lots of jobs getting created. So we have to first nip in the butt that somehow increasing taxes on the wealthy who are not circulating that money to pay for this is going to somehow cause jobs to be lost. We have to hit that up immediately. We also have to hit up the irresponsibility of those that are going against this policy for upgrading our infrastructure. Rural areas don't have good internet. Broadband, very bad broadband. This bill, he complains about the amount of money invested in things that are not infrastructure. In today's economy, broadband is infrastructure. And one of the things that we don't hear these hosts talking about is, well, in the 50s, you talk a whole lot about infrastructure being roads, bridges, and pipes. In the 21st century, you have to talk about broadband. You have to talk about electrical charging stations. Remember, there are millions of thousands of gas, hundreds of thousands of gas stations all over the country. Those have to get retrofitted with being able to charge uh, electric cars as well. Come on. We have to have a media that is engaging, a media that does not allow Republicans to come on TV, lie and misrepresent to people and their own people as well. We have to protect their own people from allowing them to fool them into making the wrong choices. Rural areas, this bill means more to you than anyone else. Let's get busy. Let's get busy. Look, it is so funny. Everything that the Republicans are against hurt rural areas. They want to privatize the post office. I can send a piece of mail for 52 cents from Houston to Timbuktu, Louisiana, or Timbuktu, Maine, where, where FedEx... UPS, DHL, don't go. If you, if, the, if you want to send something there, DHL charges you a whole bunch of money, and afterwards, they still don't go. They then give it to the post office and say, okay, you carry it the last few miles. They want to get rid of that. Who does that hurt the most? Those of us that live in urban areas, the mail works fine. We want to send something to one urban area to another, it's fine. But send it to Timbuktu, Arizona, where a lot of those those Trumpists live, where a whole lot of those white supremacists live, where a whole lot of all those people live. The policies that the Republicans are against are policies that help these people. And it is so hard because the, the Republican Party keep them so blinded in hate that they can't see that the party they're supporting are actually screwing them. But it's your job, my job, our job to help our brothers and sisters on the other side 
understand why they should be on our side, why we should be on the same side. Because what we're looking for is that which help us all. Anyway, folks, please, 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 please. If you are on YouTube right now, please click that join button. Please become a, sub, uh, a, a member of the PDR Posse. Uh, you can become a member of the PDR Posse by just clicking that join button on YouTube. But if you, if you are on another channel, meaning Facebook Live, or you are on YouTube Live and you don't see the button, or you are on Twitch or Periscope, please go ahead and go to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. You can also subscribe to our channel there. If you subscribe now and I see that green sticker come up, I'll paste that green sticker into the view so that everybody can see, yes, we have a new donor. And by the way, one of our, our, our own members of the PDR Posse, Bridge MCP, she designed a cup. And there is the link to get the cup. And you know what? I got more pictures, people. I got more pictures. So as you can see, that's a, P, that's a, that's a PDR Posse's cup there. Roberto Lewis showing his thing. Bridge MCP, or leader, send, showing herself with the cup that she designed. Linda E., who will be with us again shortly when she gets over a few things. And Norman Reynolds is in the house with us today. And let's see who else is on the picture. Ah, uh, we got Sue. And who else other than Sue? But we've got Pat. Thank you guys for being uh, members of the PDR Posse and sporting our cup. We need your support. Folks, you can also support us via Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. That is politicsandright.com slash Patreon. We need a lot of your support on Patreon. We're really down on Patreon. We need about 1,000 people. I think we only have like 134. So please consider joining us on Patreon. Uh, you can give as little as you want or as much as you want, whatever subscription level you want. So I either would love to have you on Facebook, on, on, on um, YouTube uh, as a part of PDR Posse, or on Patreon, and if you want to do both, you can do both as well. Some We have quite a few people that are doing both. Some of them are doing three. You can also support us via uh, PayPal, which is politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. By the way, you see that book on the screen right now? That book on the screen uh, is uh, my book, How to... It's worth it, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. Go ahead and visit our Amazon to get a copy, please uh, click on that link to get a copy of the book. But if you want to get rid of the middle person, go ahead and go directly to our store, which is at politicsandright.com slash store, politicsandright.com slash store. That way you get rid of the middle person, and you can also get our T-shirts, our hoodies, or face masks, all that good stuff. And by the way, if you are on YouTube right now watching our program on YouTube, there's a rack there where we have all our products as well with our logos, all that good stuff. Please, please, please consider doing that. So, folks, please support the program best you can. We do need your support. We cannot do this without you at all. This is your show, and I think just like yesterday, we only did what you wanted us to do. In fact, you threw all these videos and said, Egberto, we're not seeing those damn videos today. We're going to see those videos tomorrow because we want to talk today. And you sure as hell did talk yesterday. Anyhow, let's go ahead and talk to Stephanie Kelton. Listen to what Stephanie Kelton had to say. I wrote a piece based on something that she wrote in the New York Times. Uh, I think I'm going to pull that baby up, and then we will get, por favor, donde, donde puse esa cosa? Donde lo puse? Para ver donde lo puse, creo que está ahí. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about Stephanie Kelton. Let's go ahead and put that on, and then we'll move on from there. 
Stephanie Kelton, economist Stephanie Kelton, wrote a very important piece in the New York Times today. It is based on, of course, you know, she's one of the people, one of the economists who push uh, modern monetary theory, also known as MMT. And she made some great observations. And I tell you what, it kind of gave me pause initially because if you remember a few weeks ago, Larry Summers came out against the, uh, the, the largesse of the stimulus package saying that it could have an effect on other projects that one may want to do. Again, this big infrastructure project. And Stephanie, if you, if you read some of the undertones of what she had to say, it also gave the impression that if not done carefully, in fact, having that big stimulus as well as having the big infrastructure project could be inflationary if things are not done correctly. But that's not where it ends. She also gave exactly what needed to be done. Yes, we're going to put a whole lot of people, a lot more people to work. Yes, we're going to have wages that are higher. Yes, we're going to have more people with prosperity. What does that really mean? It means people have a lot more money to spend. It means there's a lot of money chasing after goods. Now, if there is a shortage of goods after that amount of money starts to go into people, it means we're going to get inflation. And that inflationary uh, pressure is likely to eat up that prosperity that you got. I mean, if if you were paying a dollar for gas and now it's two dollars for gas, that and your 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 increase in prosperity is only seventy five percent, then you're at the losing end of increase in prices. That's an exaggeration, but I think it's important to note. What is important to state in her in what she said, and it makes a lot of sense in that we are. Shortage when we start building all these things with a more prosperous people, uh, we are going to need more people. So we have to start adjusting immigration in such a manner that we can bring in the people that we're going to need to take out all of these jobs that are going to become available. But she pointed out another very important factor, and that has to do with tariffs, and that has to do with when Biden made the point to say. Uh, it's going to be by America. It should be by America while we keep prices stable, but when we need to expand to bring more things in to keep prices at a acceptable level, then and only then should we say, no, we allow importation such that prices don't go sky high. We want increase in wages. We want more money in people's pocket, but we want to do it in a manner that's controlled. And that is what she ends her piece on. We should have our agencies monitoring the economy. And as we need to make adjustments to maintain prosperity of the largesse of America, but at the same time pre uh, preventing the economy from overheating, that is what we have to do. We have to manage the economy. And one thing that we've done for too long is we've managed the economy on the high side. In other words, we've always asked the question, how will this affect business? The question now is, how does this affect the masses and how do we adjust for the masses. There's a whole lot to the article that goes into economics that I won't go over here, but suffice it to say there's one other important factor to point out. And we always talk about uh, something known as a marginal propensity to consume. That is, if you put a dollar into the hands of somebody who doesn't have any money, 
they are going to spend that money immediately. If you put a dollar into the hands of a wealthy person, that wealthy person doesn't have the propensity or doesn't have the reason to spend any more than they are normally spending because they never had an issue with spending for the things that they want. And what does that say? That says that taxing the, the rich with the expectation uh, that you're going to dampen what they spend so that the others can spend more is not the answer. So she says taxing the rich has good reasons uh, as far as uh, how the economy works, but don't expect that to be the dampening of inflation because they are spending less and the masses are spending more. What has to be done is that we have to increase the amount of people, we have to increase the amount of people that are available to work, the amount of people that are available to work to make products such that we don't get inflationary uh, pressures, we have to do it in an environment-saving way. And if we do all these things, everybody, the, the, the earth has the capacity for a prosperous everybody. But when you have a few that are hoarding, that is what limits the prosperity of us all. So I, I hope you get that. But anyhow, let's first go ahead and give some big kudos to the duck that quacks. The duck that quacks just gave us a super chat and he says, My March, April 2021 support EW, always enjoyable. Thank you so kindly, the duck that quacks. You know I love your name, right? The duck that quacks. And the duck that quacks then goes ahead and says, I am using all of my $1,700 stimulus of my, of the $1,700 of my $1,400 stimulus. In other words, he's going in debt. <laughs> That is funny. That is funny. My stimulus was gone before it was here. Look, hey guys, let me tell you something, okay? It's important. It's important. First of all, thank you very much, uh, the Doug that quacks for that super chat. Anybody else want to throw in some super chats or anybody else want to become a, a, a part of the PDR Posse, please feel free to do so. We need you. Please, please free on pay, uh, PayPal and the other, the other things that we do. Anyhow, folks, um, so... The reason I wanted to play Stephanie Kelton last is as follows. Because there are a lot of questions. And there are a lot of concerns for real. Uh, when Larry Summers brought it up before the bill was passed, I was extraordinarily pissed. And the reason why is the opposition party just need a tickle not to do something, to, to throw it all away. I understand the potential inflationary pressures of throwing $2 trillion into the economy quickly and then bringing an extra three, $400 billion a year on top of that from the spending for the infrastructure. I get it. And let me try to get it. Let me first tell what can happen and then how we can mitigate it. Okay? Because Eric had an important question. Eric says, how do you keep prices stable if costs across the board rise, gas, electric, food, all necessities are going to be more expensive. The first question I ask is, why are those commodities going to be more expensive in your opinion? In your opinion, they're going to be more expensive because there's more demand. And that's true. If there's more demand and we don't provide the supply, in other words, we don't provide improved supply, the prices are going to go up. You're absolutely right. And when everybody starts to work and have money in their pockets, that's what's going to happen. But here's the thing. 
When you have more people working, what are they doing? They're working to make more stuff. So what Kelton is saying is stop looking at deficits. Stop looking at taxes. Look at whether we can manage stuff getting made. Because what causes inflation is too much money out there chasing too little stuff. So here's the deal. We know infrastructure is going to create a lot of employment. The first level of cost a lot of people are thinking about is wage inflation. Wage inflation is good for us to a certain point. But when, when we have wage inflation where it stifles productivity, at that point we don't only get wage inflation, we also get product inflation, service inflation. What that means is if I can't get a farmer, if I can't get somebody to come and work for me to pick the peaches that's going to make the peach jam and the peach jelly and all these things, uh, I'm going to have to pay more for that person. Okay, that's good. But if I'm paying more to that person to pick the same amount of peaches, prices go up. If I'm paying, if I have enough people to pay a, a good wage on, to pick a lot of fruit, but I got my efficiency increased, I can produce more fruit per person. And you know, in a robotic planet where we have a robotic country now, that is possible. We can do all these things at the same time. And that is what Kelton is talking about. Managing our growth. And how do you manage your growth? Productivity has been through the roof for decades. The problem is that productivity, the delta in that productivity didn't go to the workers. It went directly to the shareholders. In other words, we produce more stuff. We kept making the same amount of money. And the wealthy got the extra amount of productivity we created from doing more stuff. What we are saying is we're stopping that. Several ways. Increasing taxes on corporations means if they really want better productivity, they pay their employees more, which means they have less taxable corporate income, they got more productivity. They, I mean, it, it, it's all around works out better. All right, let me go ahead and start uh, asking what kind of questions we have here. Let's see. Michael Rodden says, phone all senators, push American job. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to have to do push the American job plans. 202-224-3121. Again, 202-224-3121 to say push the, 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 push the American jobs plan. AVQ also says, MMT says that if supply and services exceed demand, there won't be inflation. It is impossible for there to be inflation if supply exceeds services and demand. We know that. That is, that, I mean, if, if supply and services exceed demand, exactly. And right now, we have so many unemployed people, we can keep a lot of people, we can bring a lot of people back into the economy. But here's where, where we have to get the balance. Here's the balance here. It's important. Uh, what we have to do is remember that as we get more people into the market making more money, they are spending more. So let's, let's give an example. My, the Chinese restaurants around the corner, they give coupons all of the times because they want more business. 
So my effective price of buying food there has gone down because I can use a lot of coupons because they need to increase the business there. As more people get jobs, more people will be willing to go to the restaurants without the need for a coupon. So my effective price of that meal goes up. That's inflation, right? So there are a lot of things like that that are going to happen. So we are going to get a certain level of inflation. But we want to keep inflation at a level lower than our increase in prosperity. As long as we do that, we're ahead. And we've been doing that for a long time. We've always had like 2-3% inflation and growth rate in many areas at 4%. So you're always ahead of inflation. Unfortunately for the average American citizen, that is not the case. Your healthcare went up faster than inflation and all your other means of production went up higher than inflation. So it is very, very important for us to understand these things. I'm Robert Conti, Chief of the Metropolitan Police Department. I have an urgent message. Unfortunately, traffic fatalities have increased in DC and I need your help to reverse this troubling trend. Did you know that using a seatbelt can drastically reduce the risk of death or serious injury to you or a loved one? Seatbelts save lives, and together we can accomplish a safer community. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. Always wear your seatbelt. Click it or ticket. Now serving B24 at DMV window number 7. Okay, Jim, we're next in line. Perfect, Jim. Things are going very smoothly. You remember the cell phone bill? Yes, and the birth certificate. Nice. We'll have a real ID in no time. That's right. Ready to fly to Carla's graduation and then the big game. Real great work, Jim. You too, Jim. Excuse me, are you talking to yourself? Now serving B25 at window number 10. That's our cue, Jim. Excuse us. Talk yourself into real ID readiness by May 3rd, 2023. Make a plan at dhs.gov slash real ID. Okay, I had to spend $1,700 since my $600 was swallowed up by taxes I owed because Trampolini screwed with tax withholding rates but did not lower taxes. I owed $750 for 2020. On top of that, I paid over 2020. I want to remind people of, I'm glad that you brought up that tax cut scam thing because what they did is they went ahead and changed the the deductible, uh, not the deductible, the withholding on a lot of people's salary. They thought, oh, we got a tax break from Trump. No, they just recalculated. And then at the end of the month, they just gave back some of the money they would have normally uh, not given back to you when you asked for it at the end of the year. They just let it, went ahead and gave it to you. To you, it was a tax break. But they knew what they were doing. The only people that got the real, 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 real tax break was those at the top. Thank you for pointing that out, the duck that quacks. E2247 says, 1000 per month governmental assistance check to everyone with annual income less than $40,000. I could live with that. No exceptions. I could live with that as well. Uh, let's see what else I have here to talk about from my people in the list. Uh, how do you balance wage inflation between large companies and smaller companies because the dollar is not the same in the spend process based on their size? I think I understand the question. Let me, let me, and, and you can tell me if I get it right. If I am Amazon and I'm going to buy sugar, I can buy sugar in bulk and the price per sugar, sugar may be, let's say, $5 a pound. But if I am a small business, I can't buy in bulk, so I have to buy in pieces, and that may cost me $6 per pound. 
there's no competition there. And there's no way to mitigate that. It has always been that way that if you have the, the value of scales, you can do better. Um, the only solution to that is that there are some people who enjoy the difference in going to a mom-and-pop store and getting things than always going to a Walmart or a Costco or whatever. The problem with the, the pandemic is the pandemic has kept people, like myself as well, just clicking a button to get the products that they want. And the people learn that behavior. And when you learn that, it's so much. E I am so much more productive because I can stay at home. I can click something while I'm writing a blog. And instead of having to take an hour or an hour and a half out of my day to go somewhere, I can have it at my doorstep for cheap. The answer to the question there is basic income. And what do I mean by that? The design of society, our economy, is not divine. And it gives advantages to some and disadvantages to others. Basic income is one of the equalizers in that field. Let me explain what I mean by that, my brother. There is some formula that we can use to mitigate that in a free-flowing economy, we should not have the size of a company dictate what its raw material cost is going to be. But since that is the case, just like certain companies get grants for pulling oil out of the ground at a disadvantage, some people, all these big companies get all kind of disadvantage subsidies. We can design disadvantage subsidies in maybe tax abatements, tax breaks for small companies to mitigate some of what you've just explained there, Eric, because that is a true, what you've just pointed out there is an absolute truth that, we, that, that makes small business have a disadvantage from large businesses. And if we want a vibrant economy where they coexist, we have to have a, a, level, a, a field leveling event, uh, uh, policies. So um, uh, good, good, good point right there, Eric. It's good. It's good. I hope you understand the answer because that is what we do. Taxing smaller companies the same as big companies, as well as raising rages or apples and oranges. Ah, uh, taxing smaller companies the same as big companies, as well as raising wages or apples. I don't understand what you're saying there. You may want to do that. Amazon gets advantage for being a monopoly. Yes, they do. They get an advantage for being a monopoly. That is a fact. Barnes & Nobles has done that by incorporating Starbucks in many stores. A welcome hangout. Exacto mundo. Man, I got me some smart people in my room. Very smart people in my room. Anyhow, folks, um, we're coming close to the end of the show. Before I shut it down, anything anybody wants to say, I'm going to start calling people out. Break them up. Oh, wow, Eric, a Republican is saying break these monopolies up. I've, I have mixed feelings. Let me, let me explain. Uh, Amazon, if Amazon, the model, the model that creates Amazon, I could understand Amazon being a quasi-regulated monopoly because there's efficiency in scales in the way they distribute other people's product. Let me give an example. 
Amazon doesn't sell anything it creates on its own. A lot of small companies, including me, all my books are sold through Amazon. They're a company. So because they are a necessary company, I consider Amazon almost like a... Uh, what do we call it? Uh, what do we call these, these companies that are needed, uh, that, are, that we have to regulate? Like the phone company, like the uh, companies like that. I consider them that kind of a company that needs to be regulated, sort of uh, very tightly or government control. Because it's not Amazon that's creating anything. Amazon is the infrastructure that delivers utility. Thank you very much, Norman. Public utility, exactly. Public utility. Amazon is a company that just distributes other people's things. So they distribute the intellect and the services and a lot of stuff from other people. They create nothing. So at that point of creating nothing, we have a guy that became $160 billion rich. That's not really how things should work. So I think at that point he created something, give him a bonus, and then it should, it should go to the commons. How that is attained, I'm not sure, but I got to get out of here. Uh, welcome aboard, Michael Rodney, Norman Reynolds, Eric Hayes, Carl Cox, AVQ. Uh, let's see who else is here. The Duck That Quacks, thank you for that contribution. The Duck That Quacks, Carl Cox. Uh, E2247, welcome aboard. Uh, going down the list, going up the list, going up the list. Let me see. I saw, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Bridge MCP, muchas gracias por estar aquí. Uh, let's see who else is here. Uh, if I miss you, forgive me. I'm um, going up, going up, going up, going up. The duck that quacks. Lee Grant, welcome aboard, brother. Uh, let's see who else is here. Um, scrolling up, scrolling up, scrolling up. Carl Cox, I think I got you. Oh, my eyes is giving me trouble today. Deborah John, welcome aboard. Tom C, welcome aboard. Uh, Julie Van Astel, welcome aboard. Uh, Lee Defenderfer, welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who else is here. I got Lee Grant already. I think I got Carl Cox. Uh, if I miss you, just drop a line underneath. Paul Fleming, welcome aboard, Paul. ATL in the house. Uh, let's see who else is here. Who else is here? Who else is here? I got uh, Joe Janice Anderson, welcome aboard. Norman Reynolds, I got you already too, brother. Let's see who else is here, who else is here. And I think, let me get scrolled back down to the bottom. Uh, Julie, welcome aboard. You too, Julie. All right, folks, I got to get out of here. My name is Egberto Willies. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support because we know you have people depending on you so you can always depend on us. 
Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.